Damn, that's a lot going on right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even trivia, and you've managed to interrupt already. That's impressive. <laughs> hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to Vikings Report Live <laughs> with Drew, Ted, the fearless leader for Daily Norseman, Christopher Gates, and Toonses. Drewster, how are you, my friend? Glover, how about that tech norm music to open it up along with the Vikings report, dude? That was crazy. We were in Club <laughs> Druman Nations on Fifth Avenue in New York City, man. That was nuts, dude. That People were like, passing God. me Eck, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how are you doing? I am doing all right, guys. I am happy as hell to be here. We, this is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Chris it's, Gates! Uh, going to get us ready for the, uh, for the 2021 season. Yeah, so uh, Tunsis, I, I hope you're there, and I hope you're doing okay. I know you don't want to say say much tonight, but we just want to say hello. Thanks for setting all this up, and I hope you're doing well too. Thank you. Hey, Tunsis. All right, we've got we've got day one, folks. We have real live football taking place today. The Minnesota Vikings uh, opened their 2021 training camp. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just going to take it one day at a time. And I feel like I'm in the best shape of my career. How about you, Chris? Oh, well, we just got to wake up and keep grinding, you know, keep, uh, <laughs> keep doing whatever we need to do. Just got to get a little better every day. And yeah, that's, uh, that's the goal. That's Drew, the goal. We gotta get g- give me your cliche of the day. My cliche, what would it be? Chris Gates, you should consider yourself lucky that you're not a calendar. You know why? Not sure this is much of a cliche, but no, go ahead. Because your yeah. days would be numbered. <laughs> okay, stop. All right, we're done. Go over well. You know no, what? No, it didn't. It dropped this like the, a bomb, but that's okay. This, this, Look, show, we, this show's live, right? It is live right now. That means there's nobody editing. Usually yeah. 60% of what we talk about gets cut out. So yeah, gotta, you bombed You bombed in like front of a dozen people. I, I bombed <laughs> it worse than that in front of a lot more. Believe me, we got a lot. We got a lot going on. Um, As we know, the Vikings started training camp. They reported yesterday, had their first practice today. Uh, We've got several storylines we need to cover. The first one we're going to talk about is Vikings offensive. What is he now? Senior offensive advisor, Rick Dennison. He started the week, if you remember, (laughs) as the Vikings offensive line coach. And then as the as the players reported, he had. the report was he was out. He did not. He's a tier one. He's part of the NFL's tier one personnel. They're all required to get the COVID vaccine. He did not. So he was like initially fired, but then it, they pulled that back and no, we're trying to figure out a role for him. And he, he became, I believe the official title is the senior offensive advisor. And the Vikings have a new offensive line coach and Phil Rosher with assistant offensive line coach, Ben Steele. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts when you heard about the whole Dennison saga and how it all played out in the end? I thought it was a little, I mean, I understand the NFL's rules behind it and everything. And, you know, there's the the league's going to do what the league's going to do. I mean, obviously it's not ideal for the Vikings to lose their uh, offensive line coach at this point, uh, you know, just this close to the start of camp. Uh, I think that, uh, Rick Dennison has officially gotten to the Mike Singletary slash Dwight Schrute. Uh, level of job title here uh, he's not he's not the assist he's not the assistant offensive line coach he's the assistant to the offensive line coach at this point so they'll be talking about what kind of bear would make the best offensive lineman and that kind of thing and yeah it, it, it was just weird and you know we'll see how the vikings adjust um drew you uh 
did, what, what did you think when you heard Dennison was out and then he's back in, he's got like an advisor role and, and so on and so forth. What, what did you make of that whole situation? Do we really need to have three offensive line coaches? That's my first thought about the whole thing. <laughs> really? A three? Do we have to have, is there three now? Well, technically he's, he's come on, man. If, if you remember when, when Gary Kubiak first got hired back in, was it 2018? I think it was 2017, 2019. Yeah. Um, he was an, an offensive assistant head coach and offensive advisor. So he didn't really have a position he was in charge of other than helping the defense or helping the offense game plan and, and do what they do. So I think that's kind of the role Dennison is moving to because he's not going to be on the field every day with um, with the players because he can't um, as as a tier two or whatever he is now. They had uh, so he got he got released. Dennison got released and then now and then he came back. So whatever whatever the reason he got released for it all could have been figured out before he got released. I mean, is that what I'm now he's back, he got released. Now he's back or he quit. Now he's back. Yeah, whatever, whatever that's the loop, thing. loophole they found. Why didn't they find that before they went public Somebody, with letting them go? I don't get it. I don't. I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. I mean, they had months to figure this out, and you know, like three days before camp, it's like, oh crap, this like, like this is due tomorrow. What do we do? I mean, I don't know, but, you know, uh, yeah, it, it just seems weird <laughs> that they couldn't uh, that they couldn't get it all ironed out before now. Here's the thing that that struck me, and I I know the situations are completely different, and I don't mean to compare a guy having to be reassigned for COVID compared to somebody dying. But if you guys remember when Tony Sperano passed away right before training camp a couple years ago, it threw the whole coaching staff into turmoil. And on a much lesser degree, I mean, you know, nobody died, and that's the important thing we need to remember here. But it, it looked, you know, still you still have a a key component of the coaching staff no longer really on the coaching staff in his original capacity. I mean, it'd be like, you know, Drew you used to play in a band, you bass guy. Now, Hey, you, you're going to, you're going to be kicked up to manager and I don't know, somebody else is going to come play bass. Well, you can go and you can advise them how to play and how to do what they do all day, all night long, but they still have to go out and do it. Yeah. And, and so I, I kind of look at it at that way and uh, that way, but on the flip side, if you want to talk about how bad the Vikings offensive line is, you know, the optimist can say, well, Hey, Rick Dennison is going to going to be able to touch and put his hands on and put his meat hooks on our offensive lineman and screw <laughs> him up anymore. So maybe, maybe a guy like, you know, Phil Rauscher can, can bring out some talent. The great yeah. Phil Rauscher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we know, we know better than to say it can't get any worse because, you know, we thought that with that elf line last year and then Drew Samia came in and, you know, it got worse and, you know, like, like you said, Dennison, Dennison hasn't been great or anything. He was just part of that Denver mafia crew that came over in 2019, no. but yeah, we'll see if uh, Rauscher can get uh, a little more mileage out of these guys than what they've been getting so far. Well, he had, one, he had one year as an offensive line coach real quick. He had one year as an offensive line coach uh, with the Washington, then at the time, the Washington Redskins, now Washington football team. Uh, that offense was 22nd in the run dead last in the pass. Of course, their quarterbacks were Alex Smith and uh, Dwayne. I don't care. Haskins just cash my check. And they and they they gave up 50 sacks. Um, yeah. So but now Rauscher comes in. 
He's got an assistant in Ben Steele, who was a special teams guy, uh, special teams coordinator down at Auburn, I believe it was, in, in the SEC. Drew, what were you going to say, man? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what I was going to say. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it just seems like pre, preseason, pre-Vikings, something always happens going into the season, doesn't it? Teddy yeah. Bridgewater and Sperano, and here we go. Something There always has to be some kind of obstacle to head into the season and I don't know. Not that it, not, I don't think it's really good. Should be that big of a deal. You know, it, it, there's a lot involved to the offensive line when you get that group going, either they got it or they don't, but it's going to be mostly carried by the dudes that are already there. And it, it's one of my points of concern later. We're going to talk about the three points that we're most concerned about. Offensive line is one of them for me. But it has been for years. So what do we – we're not – this isn't anything new to any of us, is it? Um, do you, so are you guys on board with then then with Dennison being like the senior offensive advisor to – What is the role? Give me the, what is he doing? What is the exact <laughs> name of what he's doing? I, I, believe, I believe the official title is senior offensive advisor. So he's going to help install the game plan, uh, be four of kind of a mentor already? to Clint Kubiak. I don't know. Do we have four of those already or not? I, I, I think I think the biggest I think the biggest role he's gonna play is from what I've seen people talk about is he's he's gonna be kind of the guy with Gary Kubiak not being there, uh kind of the, being the guy who's gonna hold the younger Kubiak's hand a little bit because this is his first go as offensive coordinator and he's familiar with Dennison, so you know that would probably give him a little bit of a comfort level. I don't know how much that's gonna translate into anything positive on the field, but that's just what, you know, my gut instinct on that is. You know, Dan Hanneman in the comments says run game coordinators where Dennison will probably be missed the most. Um, although I think he will still do a lot of the run game installation. You know, the Vikings have a very good running attack. Rick Dennison was a large part of that. So I, I don't think that will be as big of a loss as if he were still out on the field as the offensive line coach. But I, I agree with you, Drew, man, this this is something, and Chris, I think you mentioned it first. They, this was something they could have hashed out three months ago, and they yep. could have had a, a new transition in place or a new staff in place, working with the with the offensive line and and going from there. But you know, what what would the Vikings training camp be without a goofy, dumb storyline like this? <laughs> goofy know. and dumb, goofy and dumb. We don't want goofy and dumb. We don't want we got no excuses, but. That was one of my other ones was number two on my list is going to be the OC, but we'll get to that later. So something with, that was not goofy and dumb. And I, I'd kind of been advocating for this for, for most of the off season, the, the, the Vikings and Drew and I have talked about this on, on Vikings report. We're kind of been doing every week. We talk about a different position group and we talked about wide receivers a while back. We talked about um, how there was just a scary lack of depth past Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Amir Smith-Marset looks promising as a draft pick. But after that, there was not a whole lot. Drew, um, this week the Vikings went out and signed Didi Westbrook one year, just over a million bucks. What kind of impact do you think he will have on the Vikings wide receivers and the offense overall? I think it will have a great impact. I don't think he was used all that well at Jacksonville. I know his numbers weren't that great, and everybody seems a little down about the signing. But I did like two or three draft write-ups on Didi Westbrook when he was in Oklahoma. And I wanted the Vikings to draft him. That's how high I thought of him back when that was all happening. He is, uh, he reminded me a lot of Debo Samuel. If you remember him from South Carolina, who went to, I believe the 49ers. 
just one of those real creative guys after he gets the balls ball in his hand. And the way he I don't know, just the way he plays overall, he's always seems like one of those guys that could get the extra yards and he did a lot with the football. You could use him on bubble screens and weird plays and gadget plays. He's I don't think Jacksonville used him to his potential. So I'm pretty fired up about getting D.D. Westbrook here. I wanted that guy to be a Viking, like I said, when they, you know, when he came out in the draft. So Chris. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, he kind of works in. Uh, we have to remember that he did tear an ACL last year, and he's still kind of working his way back uh, from that. So I'm not sure how quickly he's going to you know jump into the offense or anything like that. I think the big place where D.D. Westbrook is going to help the Vikings is on punt returns because they were the worst punt return unit in the league. Uh, K.J. Osborne was awful at the best of times. I mean, I guess he's getting praise from the coaches in camp now, but last year he was terrible. And Westbrook has been a really good punt returner the entire time he's been in the NFL. So that that would be a huge help to the Vikings, even if he did manage to lose the number three spot to like a Smith-Marset or something like that. I think he would be a solid punt return guy uh, right away. And that, that would be worth the money just in and of itself. Speaking of which, if you had K.J. Osborne as your first overhyped player of Minnesota Vikings training camp, come on down, collect your prize, because everybody was talking about what a great offseason he had last year. I, show me. <laughs> what, what was it? What was it Mike Zimmer said? Don't don't tell me about the labor. Show me the baby. Show me the baby. So we'll, we'll see. But K.J. Osborne, officially your first overhyped player of 2021 Vikings training camp. Well, uh, one, 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 one yard of return last year or something? What was the average? I think he had – I think he had more fumbles than actual returns. Really I mean, the guy, fu- there was one stretch. It's, it seemed like he fumbled like three or four straight games. Felt like. I don't know who's been around longer. KJ Osborne or that bag of chips sitting behind Chris Gates' <laughs> dome right now. <laughs> yeah, I still see it. That Tostitos bag. It's, it's still been, there. It was You're it, damn, got you're damn right. Ni- it's still there. It's got that <laughs> 1984. That, if you ate one of those now, you'd be flying high. Again. <laughs> you want to talk about stuff still being on the shelf. How about yeah. that for a segue? Uh, how about Jalen Twyman? So Jalen Twyman, oh, my boy! real quick review, uh, <laughs> six round draft pick through no fault of his own, just kind of a wrong place at the wrong time was, was shot four times in Maryland when he was visiting a relative. Um, thankfully they're, they're superficial wounds. But uh, when he reported to camp, uh, the Vikings put him on waivers with a uh, non with on uh, non-football injury designation they reclaimed him off waivers and he is now on the reserve non-football injury list drew you are huge huge J- jalen twyman guy still am um, what uh what are your thoughts on twyman being because you had him making the final 53 which throws yeah. your throws your whole defensive line group in, in in disarray what what do you do you think first of all let me ask do you think twyman will play this year no, I think this will be like a red shirt year for him. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I did feel he was going to make the starting 53, but I thought his playing time would be real limited it, to start the season, maybe up to the first half of the season. I mean, just not a lot of snaps for the guy, but got to keep him because he's got a lot of potential, Ted. I'm, I'm never going to change it. My, he was my fourth defensive tackle on the Drew Big Board out of every all the defensive tackles. He's right behind Barmore and those guys. Okay. He's, he can't – somehow, they, he hopefully he'll sneak by waivers since so many people passed on him in the draft. It shouldn't be a problem, but – Oh, yeah, he, he did. He's already on the on the Vikings non-football injury list. He, I think he, he could chalk, 
chop this up as a red shirt season for Twyman and look forward to 2022. But I still think he's going to do a lot of special things for the Vikings. And I still think he's a hell of a player. The tape don't lie. The tape does not lie. Chris, what do you think on, on Twyman? Good call. You th- well, do you think he plays this year? Do you think, because for those of you that are not aware for the, <clears throat> for a player to be put on, put on the reserve non-football injury list, he is out at least through week eight after, after six weeks through, uh, through the regular season, the Vikings can activate him. They have up to three weeks to put him on the active roster. If they do not activate him or, or do they, they do not put him on the active roster within that three week window. He stays on the NFI list for the rest of the year. Very similar to uh, injured reserve eligible to return much like Chad Beebe will be on probably tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> Chris, what do you think on, on Twyman? I, I kind of agree with Drew. I don't think he plays this year. I think he would have made the final roster as well if he would have been able to to, uh, to go. But, yeah, I, I don't think he plays. Uh, I mean, maybe if things just go way out of control, way south for the Vikings, and they're not really a factor toward the end of the season, they figure out a way to get him in there. But, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think he plays. But I do agree with Drew after – you know, listening to you guys talk about him and watching some of his uh, video and whatever, I, I think he's going to be a player for this team in the future. Just, it's just not going to be this season, I don't think. Okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of swim upstream against against you guys in this one. There's I think Ted always going against the There's Ted. <laughs> always swimming upstream, swim upstream. I think, I think the, I think he's going to heal, and I think the Vikings are going to activate him, and he's going to see some game time at the end of the year. Well, how yes. Swim upstream all you want with that. He's not. He's not going to make a lot of. I don't think he's going to make a huge impact. I didn't really see him making a huge impact, even if he came into camp healthy and made the fifty-three, which I thought he would. Um, but but I see him uh, at a. I I mean the, the kid. I don't know if you've seen videos of him on uh, on Twitter and and wherever. The, the the kid is just a dynamo. He he has this. I'm not going to be denied kind of mentality. It seems like and I. I, I think he gets activated and, and, and sees some sees the field this year. I'm going to, uh, you know what? Every week we do, uh, since uh, we're leading up to the regular season, we have this, we have this over under feature. I'm going to, I'm going to set real quick. You guys are going to do a quick over under. Well, no, you guys are already under. I'm going to, I was going to set the over under at four games played <laughs> and I'm going to go over on 20 <laughs> playing four games. That's just me. I like that. I like that. You know, Twyman had a little bit bigger build. It's his, it's his size that scares everybody. If yeah. he had a little bit bigger build, he would have been talked about as being a top 10 guy in the whole draft. Now, but don't, but don't let the size fool you, man. That guy is baby Aaron Donald. I'm telling you, he's going to be a great – he's going to be a star in this league. You can mark my words on that. You can do whatever – you can you, say whatever you want about me. Mark it down. You, you, have lie. Cons- you have consistently said that since day one. Yep. Since day one, you have said that. And but now that was not our regular over under. We are still doing our over under feature. And Drew, uh, and for those of you that are unaware, Drew, why don't you go ahead and take over and, and explain what the over under contest is and give us okay. your over under for this week? It's time for the over under. We are at week four of our Vikings report extravaganza over under contest. We ask one question a week. You either pick over or under. You don't need to do any math. Very simple. Pick over or under. You put it in the comments below this show. It's the only way you can enter. It's not on Twitter. It's not on our YouTube page. It's the only way you can enter. But we are at week four. 
Uh, everybody's been pretty consistent on the first three weeks. I got a lot of the same names, which is good because you're going to need to pile up wins. And whoever <clears throat> has the most, the, the most over under correct answers at the end of the season, when all this comes to fruition, then you will receive a prize. And we will be announcing that prize in the next couple of weeks. And it is a killer prize. So today we will be announcing uh, question number four in our over-under. And it is, since we did Justin Jefferson last week, we did Cousins the first week, Cook the second week, JJ last week. We go to the other wide receiver, Adam Thielen. And week and, and question four out of the ten, we'll be asking ten total questions up till kickoff with Cincinnati every once a week. The question this week is for Adam Thielen. Over under total receptions for the 2021 regular season, 80.5. We do the 0.5 to clear up any ties that might happen. So that is your that that's your question for the week. 80.80.5. Over under. You have to give me a guess on whether you think Adam Thielen will be over or under 80.5 catches for the, the regular season. And I don't hear Ted anymore. You're muted, Ted. Oh, how about now? There you go. All employees and family members of, of Like Rings Report are ineligible for the prize. <laughs> so, so Chris, over under, Thielen over under for 80.5. I, as much as I love Adam Thielen, I'm probably going to have to go under on this one. I think uh, Justin Jefferson continues to emerge as wide receiver one. I think uh, Irv Smith plays a much bigger role in the offense this year. And I just don't think there's going to be quite as many uh, targets available for Thielen as, you know, we've been accustomed to him seeing over the years. So, yeah, I think it's not going to be under by much, but I think it's going to be under. I'd probably put him at like 74 or 75 ish. I'm going to go under as well. And, and although I agree with a lot of your reasoning, I also think, uh, and I meant to mention this during, during the DD Westbrook segment that now that the Vikings have a legitimate, wide receiver three, I think Westbrook is going to take some catches away for both Jefferson and Thielen. Not, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, the Vikings ran, you know, three wide receiver sets. I think it was like 29 or 30% of the time last year, last in the NFL. I think that number is still going to be pretty low, but it's going to go up. And I think it's going to be just enough to take away Adam Thielen from getting 80, 80 reception. He's still going to have a lot. I think he's going to have a good year. You guys, um, but, you guys are pretty smart, man. So, <laughs> Um, now for the, for the over under. So we're running it a little bit different because we've got the live show going on. Normally uh, you only have a few days, but we are going to do, we're, since we're doing back-to-back -back live shows again, we're doing this next Wednesday as well. Um, you have all week, you can put your comments in here on the live comment thread, but after the show, we're going to put the comments or we're going to put the show up and we're going to have a regular comment format system as well. Like we normally do for our regular episodes, you can put the comment in there. So if you want to, don't want to do it now, um, you can, you can do it later, but comments in here, comments in the regular YouTube thread you have until next Wednesday at noon to put your entry in next plus, Wednesday at noon central time. Plus next week's live show. We're going to have another question. So, yes. okay. Okay. Just to keep everybody, I know it's kind of, it's kind of weird how we're throwing a wrench into everything, but the questions must continue yes. because the season has to continue. The and show must go on. I am taking the over because Are you really. I am not going to sit here wow. on this show and have Ted Glover be the only one that gets to swim upstream. 
<laughs> Not going to happen. There's no swimming upstream without the Drewster. All right, you know Katie Ledecky, go I'm get your gold the, medal. Well, you know what? He had 74 last year. So with the extra game, I'm thinking he can do the over. That's a reasonable assumption. I mean, it, it, it is. It See, that sense. 17th game is going to throw a, a lot of extra thinking into this into this whole overrunner contest. But you are absolutely right about the Westbrook catches. I didn't. I did not factor that into when I you know came up with the number. But it's a fair number, don't you think? It's I think so. That's a very fair number. I'm fair yeah. to everybody. We're fair. We give on this show. We're givers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's our overrunner for the week. Um, moving right along. One of the other features we've been doing leading up to the regular season and training camp is, uh, we, we are taking a look at all the Minnesota Vikings draft picks and we are kind of doing a deep dive on them. And this week, um, and, and with that, we're looking at that position group that, 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 uh, draft pick, uh, belongs to that we're talking about. So this week, um, we are looking at fourth round pick number one nineteen overall number one in your program, number one in your heart, the one, the only from Iowa state. And I'm going to butcher this name, man. Kene Wang Wu. Butcher to the max. You butchered it worse than the butcher on Brady Bunch. Chris, is that is that even close? I, I think I think that's relatively close. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, it, it's better than I would have done. I, think. I mean, no, that's pretty good. It's pretty I, good. I just I'm going to put a motion out on the floor that we just call him Kenny Wang Chung because everybody it. Wang Chung tonight. Everybody have fun tonight. <laughs> Ken, Ken Ye Wang Gu. Ken Ye Wang Gu. Okay. But I like Wei Chung, Wang Chung. Let's go Wang Chung. On the Kenny Wang time. Chung. Everybody get down. So he's one of the faster dudes in the NFL because on, on Twitter today, I was following, you know, as, as practice was going on and there was more than one person that said, Oh, by the way, this guy is lightning fast. So drew, what are some of your, what are some of your, uh, delicious tidbits on Kenny Wang Chung? I, (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Wang Chung. Whether he makes a team or not, that'll be his fan throughout history with the Vikings. I, Wang so. <laughs> I didn't do a, a specific draft write-up on Wangu, but doing research on the guy and watching his tape, that dude is a blazer, dude. He, he's an ultimate kickoff return specialist. He ran a ton back for Iowa State. I'm just surprised they didn't get more work at running back. And I know they had Montgomery, and they had another guy that you mentioned yesterday that were in front yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. But – 143 carries over 48 games is not a lot of carries. So in terms of how the Vikings look at it, there's a lot of radial tire left on the tire of Wang Chung. You know what I mean? There's a, there's not a lot of usage on him. So he comes in pretty fresh and fast. You want to talk about fast playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Uh, You want to talk about fast? Sorry, just reminded me of that. Drove it off into a ditch. Uh, his second 40 time at his pro day, you know, they run two or three of them. His second 40 time at his pro day, he ran a four, two, nine. And you guys know, if you follow 40 times, you're getting into the 4.2, anything you're getting into record area. The record that was set by John Ross in 2017 for 4.22 at damn near close to that. He ran a four, two, nine, his pro day for his 40. Blazing fast, man. The guy just hauls ass. So, so, so is he a pure speed guy? Is he like, you know, yeah, off, he's not off tackle outside on the edge sort of guy. 
he's like a Jet McKinnon type of guy. Maybe not as good at receiving skills. He only caught seven passes at Iowa State the whole time he was there. Okay. But he, he got used mostly in special teams when he was at Iowa State. And I'm not sure if it was the depth at running back it was the deal there. But the time – what I want this is what I want to point out with this guy. He didn't get a lot of work there at running back, right? But in two, this is what the number you need to look at with this guy. In 2019, he had a 7.2 yards per carry average. And, and that was only with 16 carries. He only got the ball 16 times out of the backfield carrying it. Wow. And in 2020, he had a 5.6 yards per carry average. So his yards really? per carrier, yeah, they're up there, which proves that he does something when he gets the ball. But uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure why they didn't use him more. Maybe when you guys know more about what his I, I think, usage was. I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the lack of usage at Iowa State is because uh, last year and, and this year they'll have him as well. But uh, Iowa State has a running back by the name of Brees Hall, right? And Brees, Brees Hall led the nation in rushing last year in, yeah. in college. So if you got a guy that's the leading rusher <laughs> in college football, there's there's probably not a lot of carries to be had behind him. But yeah, I mean, when when Wang Wu gets the ball, he he does stuff with it, you know. Like you said, the kick returns, he's got a pretty solid, you know, yard per touch average, and I I think this guy can slot in as the kick return guy immediately for this team with the speed and his ability to you know get out in the open field and do things. And Chris, before Hall, there was David Montgomery, who's now in the Bears. He yeah. was a, he was a starter there at Iowa State. So he's yep. always been fighting for uh, fighting for snaps there at Iowa State. Wangu always has been. So there is, I guess, that, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good reason he doesn't get on the field a lot. But in terms of kick returns, he's been the starting kick returner there for three years. But he, you know what? This guy tore his, uh, what's that, Achilles? Achilles last stand? Yeah. Tore his Achilles <laughs> and then came back and ran a 4-2-9. That's ridiculous. After tearing his Achilles. Yes. <clears throat> I got a better one for you. I got a tasty, tasty tidbit. What's that? In high school, Wangu, everybody weighing chum tonight, set the record for rushing yards in a football game when it was below zero outside. 380 yards and seven touchdowns in a high school game. Really? Dang. Everybody weighing chung on that. Let's hear it. <laughs> 380 yards rushing in one game. So, I, think if we all, I think if we all Wang Chung, they're going to shut us down. Yeah, we can't do that live on YouTube. Not, no, not anymore. Okay. <laughs> so, so you think – do both of you guys think then his primary function right now is more kick return specialist than, than running back three? I think he does both. I think he takes Amir Abdullah's spot. Because, oh, uh, I, think, I, I do too. Yeah, yeah oh. Mike – Mike Boone has made his way to Denver, so he's not the number three guy anymore. Uh, if you if you can get a guy that does uh, that, that was what the hell was that? Sweet <laughs> Jesus, dude! Is wow. that, that that's really professional? <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Chris. So Boone's you in Denver. Are, Drew Burton, continue and you, action. <laughs> you are looking live at Vikings Report. Good God. Oh my God! But yeah. No, I like like we said, Mike Boone's in Denver now, and if you can get a guy that does everything that Abdullah does, and does it faster and does it cheaper, why would you keep Abdullah around if he is basically redundant at this point to a guy who's younger and faster? 
Okay, so, so this brings up the running back depth. Because um, currently on the roster, you got Dalvin Cook, Alexander M- Madison, uh, the aforementioned Amir Abdullah, uh, A.J. Rose Jr., <laughs> our obligatory Star Trek red shirt for the week. And... <laughs> Yeah, that guy. That guy's beaming down to the planet. And, Ke- and Kenny Wang Chung. So who? So how many? How many running backs are the Vikings going with? And who are they keeping? Then Chris, go. Uh, they keep. They keep Cook. They keep Madison, and they keep uh, Longwu. That's and, it. And Amir Abdullah's out, and AJ Rose might be a practice squad guy, but yeah, he's not making the roster. You think the same thing, Drew? We'll, we'll, we'll say yes. No, no. Listen, <laughs> listen. What? What if <laughs> what? What if Wangu sat down to watch his show and he's going, that motherfucker's calling me Kenny Wang Chung? He's probably not pleased. I, I, I don't want to butcher his name. I'm terrible. I'm I'm so bad oh, with names. I agree with what so Chris with just names. said with the depth chart. So then he's number three. He's number three. You can get rid of Abdullah. He's not okay. anymore, dude. Done. I mean, the, the only thing, the only time Amir Abdullah does anything is when he's playing the Lions, his old team. So get, you got to get yeah. rid of the old culture, man. He's part of the problem. I, I agree. And now then real quick for fullback, they got two fullbacks on the roster, Jake Vargas and CJ Ham. Does anybody see Jake Vargas supplanting CJ Ham, barring injury, anything like that? Nope. Nope. No not a chance. So the four running backs the Vikings are going to have, I think we're all in agreement. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, uh, Kene, Wangu, or Wangwu. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious here. I'm terrible with the pronunciation. Good enough. Okay. Wang- and then Wangu. 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 And then C.J. Ham will be the fullback. I agree. That's yeah. what I think. That makes sense. Okay. Can I, all wait, right. can I, can I throw ahead. one little thing out on, uh, on Wang Chung? His running back coach at Iowa State, a cat by the name of Nate Shieldhouse, the great Nate, Nate Shieldhouse. Yeah, he was a former Illinois quarterback. Right, right. He's the running back coach at Iowa, or Iowa State. They it's asked good, him about he's terrible as a quarterback. The, yeah, he was. He was not good. <laughs> yeah. They asked bad. him about his, uh, Juan Gu's chances in the NFL, and he said, and I quote this: "When he gets his chance in the NFL." You can bet his scorching speed and tireless discipline will speak for itself. There's no question he'll be a game changer. Now I know it's his coach and everything, but that is a good statement. Did, did you watch? Did you ever watch the show Love Connection with Chuck Woolery? Oh yeah, because that was just like, that was like a guy's <laughs> description of himself right before he came on and did the little video intro. <laughs> love connection. Looking for a love connection. <laughs> one goo love connection. Everybody wang chung. No, he's he's uh he's that change of pace guy we need. We got Cook. We you all know what Cook does. We're not to yeah. talk. Y'all know what he does. Y'all know what Madison does. Madison's three or four yards gets you a first down. Well, except for the Seattle run. Um, <laughs> yeah. This guy's the in-betweener. I don't know. The only thing I'm worried about is receptions. You only had seven at Iowa State. If you can't learn the receiving skills, it's gonna produce a problem, but He's way more exciting than Abdullah Bagada, whatever his name is. You know, he's odd. <laughs> that's that's my thing because you know, and and Drew on the on the regular show we have talked about this a lot. How depth has become such a problem for the Vikings when when Dalvin Cook went down in 2017. They had two pretty good running backs 
and Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. And they, they complemented each other pretty well. Murray was more of a straightforward guy. Jet was sort of out of the backfield, kind of a scat back guy. And they really haven't had, they've, they had cook, but they haven't had a, a really dynamic or effective runner um, that could spell cook. Madison is what he is. He's, he's good. He's good between the tackles. I think um, he's okay. Catching the catching balls out of the backfield, but I I'm excited about this guy because I think with his speed and his potential, he can, he can really take nothing and turn it into something when the Vikings really need it the most and cooks on the sideline or, or whatever the case may be. But that's just me. If you coach him upright, he can be what, you know, the important thing is the mismatch nightmare. That's what football's about. Finding the mismatch. You find the mismatch. That's that the teams that find the mismatches are the teams that win. Let's I mean, if honest. you can if you can put him on a linebacker on third exactly down, exactly right, exactly you're, right. You're going to win, I think. But he gives you that dynamic that none of the other running backs have, and I think that's what that's why he's going to make the team. I'm really looking forward to see that game. But 17 days away from playing the Broncos, he'll yep, be yeah. in that game. He'll be in that game playing. We can all see what what's up with his four two nine speed, man. Chris, any last thoughts? No, I mean I. I, I think I agree with you guys on uh, Wong Wu. I think he's a change of pace guy. If he can, like Drew said, if you can coach him up, he can be the kind of guy that uh, creates real problems for opposing defenses because linebackers and safeties aren't going to be able to run with him. And yeah, uh, Drew pointed out that he only had seven catches in college, but you know that I think that's a skill you can probably learn at the next level. And yeah, I, I, I'm pretty excited to see what uh, what he can do both as a uh, backup running back and as the and as a returner because I, I think he's ultimately going to win the uh, return job so yeah we'll see how that goes well, plus Marset's a great returner also so the Vikings got some returnability going on now good I I, I hope they got something I mean because they they desperately need it that's for sure so yeah the the, the, the special teams threat really we, we didn't talk about a whole lot but I, I think I think he's going to help improve that unit as well Okay, so kind of our last segment to, to close things out. I asked a couple days ago, um, or this is actually Drew's idea, what are your three most pressing questions facing the Minnesota Vikings as they enter training camp and then the 2021 season? Drew has kind of given a quick hat tip to his. Um, so we're going to start with uh, the, the estimable, estimable <laughs> Christopher Gage. Chris, what are your three most pressing questions facing the Vikings? Uh, I think one of them has got to be who's starting at the other defensive end spot across from Daniil Hunter. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Stephen Weatherly. I don't know if maybe uh, Patrick Jones or uh, uh, Janarius Robinson uh, takes that spot. Uh, but, you know, they're going to be able to take advantage of having a lot of other talented guys uh, next to them on the line between Pierce and Tomlinson and Richardson and uh, Daniil Hunter. So that's probably one. Uh, we've already touched on the third wide receiver spot. That's probably – uh, an important one too. I mean, now we've got D.D. Westbrook. Uh, I've been big on Amir Smith-Marset since uh, draft time. I think he's got a real uh, opportunity to still win the number three spot, even with uh, even with uh, D.D. Westbrook being uh, in the fold here. And the third one has got to be, you know, the same concern we've had every year since like you know 2009 or so, and that's the offensive line. I mean, we. Uh, you know, we invested two pretty high picks in uh, Christian Darrisaw, Wyatt Davis. Uh, Ezra Cleveland looked solid last year at guard, and Brian O'Neill has been solid at tackle 
the entire time he's been here. Uh, now you just have to see if the entire unit can uh, gel together. And we say this every year, but, you know, the offensive line doesn't have to be like the Cowboys of the 90s or anything like that for this offense to be effective. They just have to actively not suck. And, you know, that's, that's something they – that's a level they haven't really quite been able to reach the past couple of years. But, uh, yeah. It, we so set extremely are, high standards for the Vikings offensive line. <laughs> well, just don't suck. Don't be awful. Just don't suck. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't. Where are we I, falling, man? I don't. I just, I, we're, we're taking baby steps, Ted. I don't think it's a big ask. Let, yeah. let, me ask let me ask you, Chris. Now, we, we talked about Rick Dennison becoming a senior offensive advisor and, and Phil Rauscher becoming the O-line coach. I, I'm, and I'm serious when I say this. I'm kind of of the opinion that I'm glad Dennison has been not fired but kind of kicked away from the actual – day-to-day player development because I'm I'm not really happy with the way the offensive line has developed. You got guys like Ole Udo, um, Pat Elfline, Garrett Bradbury, guys who we thought could develop and become pretty good linemen are not developing or are gone. What do you do you think Rauscher can can reverse that trend and and produce good linemen with Davis and Darasaw and and Udo and and all the other guys they have there? I mean, I certainly hope he can. I mean, he went over his track record in Washington, and he, he wasn't terribly successful with Washington. I'm not sure what their uh, offensive line situation looked like outside of uh, Brandon Scherf. And I, mean, I, I can't even name another one of their offensive linemen outside of uh, Brandon Scherf. So I don't know how much developing he did there necessarily. But I mean, people I mean, used to perpetuate the myth that you know Rick Spielman didn't invest in the offensive line. And now the offensive line is going to have two first-rounders and two uh, – second rounders and a third rounder presumably as it starters so the investment's there and uh Rauscher's going to get an opportunity to uh, to do something with it drew before before you go to your your three things what what are your thoughts on Rauscher and development of the o-line do you do you like do you like the potential or do you wish we had that continuity more with with rick dennison uh Wow, it's it's really up in the, the whole thing is up in the air. I don't know much. I don't know much about Roucher, so it's hard for me to say, you know, what he's going to do or how much of it. You know, it's not like coaches coming in that I know the background of or what kind of scheme he has. Sperano, you knew a little about about what he was all about, but uh, I don't know. But it is my number one concern. It's still the offensive line. Okay. And what what concerns me about it is, you know, I did a lot of draft research on Wyatt Davis. And Darisaw. And I might add that out of all 295 people that I researched in the draft, Wyatt Davis was one of, I think, three players who had zero flaws on my flaw line. Really? Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase was another one. I didn't see any flaws in his game, the wide receiver. I think the Dolphins took him, Cap from LSU. But Davis had, when he's healthy, he does nothing wrong. He's good in every facet of being an offensive. He's grinding offensive linemen and Darisaw is really good himself. But these, but, but what I say is I lead in by saying that's just on paper. Look what we've had on an elf line, Khalil. This on paper doesn't mean jack shit until you get in there and start dip up. <laughs> doesn't mean anything until you get in there and play. And we all know that we watched the seasons of Vikings on paper stuff. It's still a concern to me until it starts rolling and I see what it's going to turn into. But uh, Chris just mentioned the high draft picks. And there's a lot to be said up there about if you talk of potential, this line could be very special, but it's still, it's still my number one concern because it's so important on a team. 
Is there anything more important except the guy that touches the ball at quarterback? The offensive line is it. I, I would agree. <clears throat> and you had mentioned briefly your other two. Go ahead and, and, and recap those again before we well, get defensive out. line, because it was so poor last year. Uh, and I know we've had a lot of changeover. we got some free agents coming in. It looks like a complete makeover for the defensive line and a makeover in the good way. It looks like it could be pretty good. But still, untested, and I'm unsure. I'm unsure that that other defensive end spot minus Hunter. I'm unsure about Hunter. I am. He, he hasn't played. He, he, he hasn't played last year. True, but he took the – like last year, he didn't even – I don't think he even practiced but two or three times in training camp. This year, he was on the field, first practice, full, full go. So that's Good. very encouraging. Offensive line, defensive line. You know me, Ted. We've discussed a lot of football. That probably doesn't surprise you because that's where football's won and lost. I yep, old it sure school. Is. You can call me old school. You can call me old man. You can call me. You look like that guy that owns the Jurassic Park Island. I know I look like it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. But it's all in the trenches, and those are my number. Those are my two concerns. My other one has to be Kubiak at, uh, at the coordinator spot, being he's never done it before. Yep. That is a huge concern with me, guys. I'm really worried about it. It's not as easy as you think, and it's easy to crumble under that pressure. And if it crumbles, it doesn't matter who we have, weapons on the offense, if that crumbles, the play calling crumbles, we got a huge friggin' problem on our hands. Yep. And I'm worried and, about it. I am worried about it. So convince me that Kubiak's the guy. You tell me. Uh, well, you know, for, for my three pressing questions, that was my first one was, can, can Clint Kubiak call a good game? Okay, there you go. And, and – and we have seen recent uh, examples of success and failure for first-year offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinators. Kevin Stefanski, I thought, did a pretty good job in 2019. Yep. Um, John DeFilippo did a less-than-stellar job in 2018. <clears throat> I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think Clint Kubiak is better prepared. Because he had his dad, Gary Kubiak, and and Gary Kubiak steered a very good Vikings offensive ship last year. They were 11th in points and and fourth in in total yards. So he had and he has the weapons and the assets to have this a very dynamic and exciting offense. I I hope he opens it up a little bit more, um, and and lets the playmakers make plays. Go ahead, Drew. No, I was just gonna. I wanted to let you get your point across, but learning from his dad's very conservative, Ted. So is he just bringing more of that along with him? That's my concern to that statement. If you're saying, well, he's ready and he's ready to play and he had his dad. His dad likes to run the football and doesn't like to take any chances either. So if Clint comes in and does that, I don't want to see that. The problem I, with the Vikings offense is they didn't take enough chances and they're not aggressive enough. Be I, more aggressive. I Be agree aggressive. With you. I absolutely agree with you. And I, I hope Clint does that. So, We'll see. I, I think I think that's a huge question mark. You know, you guys talked about the O line and the D line, and all those other position groups, and those are vitally important. But how does it all come together with the coaching staff and installing the game plan? And this is where I think keeping Rick Dennison on is going to help. Much like Gary Kubiak could sort of mentor and guide Kevin Stefanski, and that really worked. I mean, they there was really no Gary Kubiak for John D. Filippo in 2018, and that sort of fell apart pretty fast. So if you got a guy and, and Dennison, you can you can say what you want about his development of the offensive line here in Minnesota and, and their legitimate criticisms. But I, I, I he's got a wealth of knowledge on offense and, and he installed a 
pretty doggone good run game plan for the Vikings. So maybe just having his philosophy and a guy to just bounce ideas off of and, and look at film and just come up with ways to attack defenses is going to be a net good thing for the Vikings. I, I, I think and hope it will be. Um, is Clint, can Clint stand up to Zimmer though, Ted, and tell him, no, you know, we're not going to sit on the ball at 17 to 10 halfway through the third quarter and try to milk this thing out for a victory. We need to pounce. Is he if, Gary do- Kub- if Gary Kubiak didn't or couldn't, do you think Clint will? No. That bothers me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Mike Zimmer, head coach. Mike Zimmer, when he says run the ball, run the ball. So we'll see. Well, I, I hope I hope maybe Zimmer will be more open to a, a, a more diverse offense, uh, open up the playbook a little bit more, but we're not going to find out until until we get to the game. So we'll see. Um, my second one is kind of an overall defense. How long does it take for the defense to gel? There are a lot of new faces again, just like there were last year. The main difference between last year and this year is that they're almost all defensive vets. Uh, and, and a couple of them have played for the Vikings before and Steven Weatherly and, and Mac Alexander, you've bought it. You've brought in Bashad Breland, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Woods, um, Weatherly, and, and again, um, Mac Alexander. So those are, those are five guys that didn't play with the Vikings last year that are going to have to come together. And Oh, by the way, you're bringing back Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks and Daniil Hunter, who of those three players played a combined two games last year. So, you're looking at like eight or nine guys that have not played together either ever or in more than a year. So how does that all come together during training camp with a truncated preseason? You only got the th- three preseason games now and then the 17 game regular season. That is then, really, really great knowledge, man. You're bringing yeah. it, bring it. And then, and then finally, whoever the kicker is, can he hit water <laughs> if he falls out of a friggin' boat? Because I don't know. It doesn't matter know. with the, it doesn't matter with this team, Ted. It doesn't right. matter. You know, they, they, they signed Riley Patterson as an undrafted free agent. He's on the active pup list. I, he's hurt. I, whatever. So they're going to bring in somebody. I, I just I just want a kicker that doesn't make me chew my fingernails down to the first knuckle when he lines <laughs> up for a field goal. That's all I want. I want a guy that. When the Vikings score a touchdown, I can get up and go to the bathroom and grab a beer with a reasonable assurance <laughs> that the extra point is not going to be missed. That's all I want. I like like the off- offensive line. I just want him to not suck. I want my kicker to not suck. That's all I want. That's all I want. Just don't I mean, suck. Is Kai Forbath still out there? I mean, yeah, we'll, we should have never moved who, on from that guy. In the who, is, who is the kicker right now? Um, Greg Joseph. Riley, Greg Joseph and then Riley Patterson. Is has the guy Greg Joseph well. ever kicked in this league? Yeah, he kicked for the Browns a couple years ago. I think he went like 17 oh. out of 20. Yeah, that's reassuring, like that. Chris. He kicked for the Browns. Hey, hey it, it's better than not kicking at all, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I never even thought about the special teams or the kicking, but Ted's got a good point, man. That is yep. that's something that's – well, maybe going into it shaky means it's going to – karma-wise, it's going to work out to our advantage. You know, you know and, and Mike Zimmer, like, can we just keep the, the head coach away from the kicker? Oh, just just don't talk to him. Or just, when you do, just be pleasant. Hi, kicker, how are you today? Everything going okay? That's <laughs> just that's all you got to do. Special oh. teams coach says you're doing fine. Keep it up. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick to the kicker. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's all we can ask. I don't well, think, one, it's like, just, just like the offensive line, I don't think it's a big ask. 
but you know, we, we can, we can hope. You know, it's That's funny. It's one of, one of our over under questions towards the end, towards we get closer to kickoff at the Bengals dead will be a field goal question. So everybody needs to study up on their field. I got an over under for that. So unless, unless it's, unless it's single digits, <laughs> it's under, unless under. it's single digits, it's under. Well, I just, I'm just throwing it out there. That'll be, I think I'm going to use that one the last week. So people will go, Oh my God, why does he have to do this the last week? <laughs> All right. We've been going at this almost not quite an hour. So I think we're going to, we're, we're about, that's ready what to she said. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> All right, Chris, why don't you wrap it up? Any final thoughts? What are you looking to see? Um, any position groups, players? What are you looking at as as uh, training camp gets underway and progresses as we get towards the first preseason game and then the yeah. season? Yeah, uh, you know what Drew touched on earlier? I'm just kind of looking forward to the uh, the defensive line, seeing what the uh, the younger guys do, uh, seeing how they can feed off of the, uh, the veterans a little bit, uh, figure out who's going to be starting at that other defensive end spot. Uh, for the defensive line, probably the wide receiver battle. Those are probably the two uh, biggest ones I'm going to be keeping an eye on from the uh, from the perspective of training camp. All right. For me, um, I'm going to be looking at wide receiver three. I know D.D. Westbrook is coming off injury. I'm keeping an eye on Christian Derisaw uh, and Wyatt Davis. They were both uh, injured last year, so they're, they're kind of nursing their way back to health. I hope they uh, progressively ramp up and are ready to go. Daniil Hunter's another guy I'm keeping track of. Uh, for everybody that joined us tonight, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I didn't get to answer a whole lot of comments, but I was keeping tabs, and I'll, I'll circle back once we're done here. Um, appreciate all the support. Thanks for Ruby for putting this together. What Drew? <laughs> why don't you give us our final thoughts and uh, and take us home, brother? Thank you, everybody, for showing up tonight to our live show. And Ted, we have another one next week, right? The fourth. Yep, another, another live show. A week from tonight, I believe that's August 4th. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Same bat time, same bat channel. So let's all meet back Central. here. Let, okay, let's all meet back here next week for the same time on the 4th. And we'll have another over-under then. What I'm mostly looking forward to is, actually, this is my crew right here. I'm looking forward to the season, baby. This is Ted Glover, Christopher Gates. This is what you're going to see after the game. The post-game shows are going to be wild. They're going to be crazy, and they're going to be wild. Um, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> doing that. It's redundant, but still I good. Love, <laughs> I love talking football <laughs> with you guys. I always learn something from you guys. But uh, I just want to tell everybody, thanks for the support, but stay tuned. we got a lot more coming out. we got a lot of prizes. we got a lot of prizes, a lot of games, and this is the show that gives back. And we'd like to have your always have your uh, uptakes on what we should do better what we could work on. But in terms of the Vikings, I'm pretty excited about the Vikings this year, guys. I mean, this is my first, 51st year as being a Viking fan. I started in 1970, but all the offseason moves the Vikings have made, I'm excited more now than I was last year. I mean, it seems like they're coming in with a lot of questions, but they're coming in with a lot of firepower also. So this is kind of exciting for me. Yes, it is. Agreed. So right. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I took it home officially, but. Uh, that's good. You did fine. Super. Yeah. It works. Right All right, there, baby. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll about wrap it up for this edition of Vikings Report, our our post game edition live. We're still looking for a name. If you got a good name uh, that you think we should call the show, and again, we're not going to do the Bodie McBoface contest like they did a few years. We're not going to be showing McShowface 
Got a good name? Put it in the comments. If if we like it, we'll send you a prize. Maybe a salt and pepper shaker. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Look, we, we're not just BSing you. We have those. <laughs> Look, Vikings on one side and S&P on the other. What do the S&P stand for, Christopher Gates? Uh, Super Pole. I would imagine something. <laughs> Is it is it pepper or peppa? Peppa. Sure. We got salt and pepper. We got a watch. We got a flask. We got a watch. We got a money clip. We got a tie chain. We got a key it's chain. Like, it's like Home it. Shopping Network. We got a freaking credit card. You want a Viking credit card? No. Did you tune in? No, we can't give that away. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Really appreciate it. And we will see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time for another